0: Good morning, friends. We're going to continue our series on uh, First Thessalonians. <clears throat> We've had two parts. You can find those also on this same website. Today, we're going to turn to uh, the testimony to conversion. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, it contains one final truth regarding conversion. Verses 9 and 10 answer the all-important question, how does this happen? Well, this is where truth must become personal for you and me. If you would like to be converted, read on, listen on. These two verses have been rightly called the three tenses of the Christian life. They, deserve the path, or they describe the past, the present, and the future of those who have been converted. Let's start in the past. It says, for they themselves report what kind of reception you, you gave us. They tell you how you turn to God from idols. In the case of the Thessalonians, this was literally true. They had been idol worshippers before coming to Christ. And suddenly their lives were dramatically and utterly transformed. Now, how did it happen? Well, they turned to God. This is what conversion means. This is what it's all about. The Bible sometimes uses the term repentance to describe this act. In the Old Testament, there are two Hebrew words for repentance. The first is the word nachem. It means to turn around or to change the mind. And when you see the word repentance in the Old Testament, it translates the word nachem. The second word is sub. It is used over 600 times in the Old Testament. and is translated by such words as turn or return or seek or restore. It's very important because you see it very often in phrases like to turn to the Lord with all your heart. When you come to the New Testament, there is one word you need to know, the Greek word metanoia. Meta means to change the mind. Repentance fundamentally seems to change your mind about something. It has to do with the way you think about something. You've been thinking one way and now you think the opposite way. That's repentance, the changing of the mind. Now let's suppose you uh, want to learn how to parachute. So you, get a par- you go to parachute school, they show you how to rig up your gear, how to pull the ripcord, how to land safely, and finally the day comes when they take you up in an airplane. You're scared to death, but you're afraid to let on. The moment comes when you're ready to jump. You go to the door of the airplane, you look down 2,500 feet to the ground, your legs grow weak, you're about to throw up, and somebody behind you is trying to push you out of the plane. And so at the last second you say, no, I'm not going to do it. And they say, go ahead, you can do it. And you say, I've changed my mind, I'm not going to jump. And you don't. Well, that man has repented. He changed his mind in a decisive way. Now, that story kind of helps because it illustrates how repentance works. Repentance is a change in the way uh, you think that leads to change in the way that you live. When you really change your mind about something, it's going to change the way you think about it, talk about it, feel about it, and act about it. And I'm suggesting that true repentance is more than just a little game you play in your mind. Repentance is a decisive change in direction is a change of mind which leads to a change of thinking, which leads to a change of attitude, which leads to a change of feeling, which leads to a change of values, which leads to a change in the way you lead your life. That's why the typical Old Testament word for repentance is turn. Turning is always involved in repentance. It's a change of mind which leads to a change of direction. Now let's move into the present. To serve the living and true God. Conversion fundamentally involves a change of gods. I mean, where you once served sin and self, now you serve the living and true God. Where you once bowed down to the idols of pleasure and power and worldly approval, now you bow beneath Jesus. Where you once served the dead gods of this world, now you serve the living God. Once you followed falsehood, now you serve the true God. This, in many ways, sums up the whole truth of the Christian life. We are here to serve God day by day and moment by moment. We are his servants put here to do his bidding, acting on his behalf, always seeking his best interests and hoping always to please him. As the old Christian song said, you got to serve somebody. No one is truly a free moral agent. You either serve self or you serve God. Let's look into the future now. The verse says, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So that's the future tense of the Christian life. We turn, we serve, and we wait for Jesus to return. This tells us that the second coming is not some esoteric doctrine, which we may believe or not, depending upon our preference. It's the fundamental motivation for the entire Christian life. Conversion begins when you turn to God. It's nothing more or less than an intentional turning of oneself to God. Because it is intentional, it doesn't happen by accident or automatically. Nor can anyone else turn for you. You yourself must decide to turn to God. No one can make that decision for you. Now, conversion also means turning away from your idols to the living and true God. Now, you can have your idols, or you can have God, but you can't have both. To the Thessalonians, this was literally true because Greek religion was filled with idols of various kinds. All the heroic gods who supposedly dwelt on Mount Olympus were nothing more than detestable idols. The religion built upon these idols was degrading, obscene, and perverse. It generated fear, vengeance, immorality, demonism, and slavery. This idolatry was the foundation for government, religion, abusements, social clubs, and everyday labor. It literally permeated every aspect of society. For a Christ follower to reject all of that and to follow Jesus meant rejecting the very foundation of society itself. Yet that is what Jesus calls men and women to do, and that is what the Thessalonians had done. It's important to remember that not all idols are made of wood or stone. We have our idols today as well, only they're a little bit more sophisticated, that's all. I mean, an idol is anything in the world which we look to as the ultimate source of value. So a job, a house, a car, a title, a possession, a relationship, any of these can become idols when we look to them for our sense of worth and values. Now remember, the sin is not in the wood or stone. Those things were not or those things are morally neutral. I mean even carvings or images themselves were not sinful. It is the meaning or value attached that becomes sinful. In that sense, anything good, May easily become an idol. Now, what does this passage say? Let me summarize in a few concise statements what it's telling us. First of all, conversion is an act of God that begins in eternity with His choice of us. Second, the choice is made real in our life by the proclamation of the gospel by spirit empowered men and women who speak with full conviction. And third, conversion ushers in a radically changed life which is built upon receiving, living and speaking the word of God. Four, conversion thus means a revolutionary turning in your life from every idol to the true and living God. And five, conversion leads to a life of service to God and patient waiting for Jesus to return. So the question is, friends, are you converted? Remember that conversion, first of all, changes the direction of life. And second, it stands the test of time. So either you are or you aren't. You have turned or you haven't turned. And unless you are converted, you will never get to heaven. So how can you be converted? Well, the answer is pretty simple. You need to transfer your trust away from yourself and place it fully upon Jesus Christ. You must turn from self-worship, good works, and every idol in your life and wholly depend upon Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Christian life begins with conversion. So, have you ever been converted? If the answer is no, or if you're not sure, I urge you to turn to God. Turn from your sin, turn from your idols, turn from your past, turn from your self-worship, turn from all that is evil. And instead, by the power of the Spirit, turn to God and say, Lord Jesus, I transfer my trust to you as my Savior and Lord. And I pray that you will do it, even as you hear these words. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.